0: Let's turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. The title of the sermon this morning is Rivers of Living Water. My wife and I have had the privilege of serving in the, the ministry uh, for many, many years. I, uh, I'm coming up on thirty; she, She's coming up on a little, a little bit longer than that. Um, we've been over uh, We've served here in America. We've served mostly in, in, in Africa. Uh, I was a missionary in Africa for 15 years. Um, we served uh, the Denver Church for four years, and now, uh, of the last ten, we've been in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, let me just say on behalf of all the Texas churches, a huge Texas thank you uh, for your sacrifice uh, with uh, Hurricane Harvey, and I know you all have been contributing, but also just thank you for your prayers. That uh, They are uh, a greater work than gold, so thank you very much for your love and concern as you express it to us down there on, on the south uh, Texas coast. But we also, we have to continue to be praying for those who are uh, being affected by Hurricane Irma, even as it, it, it takes place right now. Uh, these are what they call acts of God, and they are. Uh, for, you know, the, the power of a storm uh, is, is so much greater than anything we can generate. And so we have to keep on praying for our brothers and sisters in the Caribbean, uh, and of course in South, in South Florida and beyond. So. Amen. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Rivers of living water, and I, I, I found this sermon out a few weeks ago, and I want to share it with you today. Uh, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he met the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. What an amazing statement. Jesus is is amazing, is he not? And he's always saying amazing things, but this one, you know, he says some things that kind of confuse us at times, and this is one of those times. He says, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What exactly does that mean? As disciples of Jesus or as believers in Christ, rivers of living water are supposed to flow from us. But what exactly does that mean and how does that apply? Or how do we apply that? And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, together this morning. Yeah. So what I'd like to do now is let's go ahead and bow our hands for a word of prayer. And then we'll dive right on into the sermon together. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this morning. What a privilege it is to worship together. Father, brothers and sisters from all around the world, from all places, gathered here uh, in the Bronx, Father, uh, along with our brothers and sisters from Harlem. Father, uh, your spirit uh, encompasses the entire globe. We are so grateful to be able to to worship uh, and and honor you, Father. We pray, as always, that our worship of you this morning is acceptable in your sight. Bless us now as we dive into your word. Open up our minds. Open up our hearts. Help us to hear, help us to see, help us to understand Father all that the Spirit has for us this morning. Pour your Spirit out upon all of us, and please speak through me, so that only your name is glorified by the time we're done. To you be glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright, Rivers of Living Water. The first uh, point this morning is Jesus wants to take you higher. Amen. Jesus wants to take you higher. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 7. But before I read that, Elijah will scurve over the initial sometimes. Before I read that, here's it. I'll just... in Hebrews 2, verse 6 and 7, there's a very interesting statement there that has always intrigued me, And it's the statement said. Jesus is talking, and he says that we were made a little lower than the angels. We were made a little lower than the angels. Now, angels are amazing, are they not? They're incredible. They are depicted in the scriptures as these these amazing celestial beings. I mean, they are just extraordinarily powerful. Uh, They they can do all things. They're just amazing. And yet the scriptures teach us that you and I were made a little lower than the angels. Now, if you raise your hand, if you feel like you're a little lower than the angels, like that. Oh, see, you're kind of. So, am I supposed to raise my hand? Am I not? Am I not <laughs> the truth of the matter is, for the vast majority of us, we do not feel like we're a little lower than the angels. We
1: feel a lot lower than the angels.
0: And that's why the first point this morning is Jesus wants to take it higher. Because he's got to understand, and I've got to understand, and we all have got to understand that we were made for a whole lot more than what we're doing, amen? We're made a little lower than the angels. Not a lot lower the but Satan has done everything he can in his power to convince you and I that we can't do anything. That we are powerless, that we, that we are useless, and that rivers of living water will never flow from us. But that is not the case. Let's to read together here in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you that I'm going there to prepare prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as From now on, you do know me and have seen him. Now we have to remember who's speaking here. This is Jesus. Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. Human and divine in the same body. There is a way to live as humans on earth, brothers and sisters. There is a way that God has designed for us to live on earth. And it's not the way most of us have lived, or perhaps some of us still continue to live. There is a truth by which we can live. And finally, there is a life greater than any other life that we also can live through Jesus. Amen? Amen. The question is, do you believe this? And he says, I've prepared a place for you. Nishi is in heaven now.
1: He's gone to the place
0: that has been prepared for him. And we praise God for that. And so if you were to come back down, and he's not going to, he wouldn't want to. Right. But if you were to come back down, he would say, God, God. You ever heard this speech? Yeah. All right. God,
1: God. You gotta come up here. You gotta you gotta come up here. You gotta hurry up,
0: stop playing around with sin and come up here. <laughs> he because the place prepared for you and I is amazing, is extraordinary. In Isaiah 55, in verse 8 and 9, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, we read, For my thoughts are not
1: your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, the Lord.
0: As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Jesus' thoughts and ways, brothers and sisters, are higher than ours. And when he calls us, he's calling us to a higher way of life. A higher way of thinking. We're not supposed to, as Christians, continue thinking the way we used to. We're not supposed to continue living the
1: way we used
0: to. We're supposed to take everything higher. Why? Because Jesus is trying to get you and I to get back to what we were meant to be, which was just a really no one. The, the Apostle Paul, he understood this. And so he says in Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians 2 verse 13 to 18, he says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. Yeah, yeah. In the world that we live in today, we are divided by all types of things. I began sharing a little bit about, about my family, and then I switched to different languages. Language devices. There are those who feel like, well, we you know, I speak Spanish, and so I really can't get close to my English-speaking brothers and sisters. There are those who say, well, I'm I speak English, I really can get close to my Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. And that doesn't mean why I speak straight over, and I can't get really close to, 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 to anyone else who doesn't speak my language. But see, I'm from this place, and I'm from that place, and I'm this color, and I'm, I'm that color, and I believe this, and I believe that. But Jesus' purpose is to create one new humanity. One God
1: making peace.
0: Because people, they identify themselves by their languages, by, by, by their localities, but also by their sports teams. Now, I'm from Boston. I haven't lived there in 20-something years. I haven't lived there in 20-something years. I've been living in other countries. Learning their sports, learning their teams, and all these different things. But people are very attached to their teams. Now, of course, in Boston, you know, you grow up there. And, and so what, what are they injecting with in the Red Sox standards, right? And they inject you with Patriots standards, <laughs> Bruins standards, and Celtics standards. And I am a fan, of all those. I am. But I also like the Denver Broncos, doesn't watch the oh, Denver. I also like, you know, uh, what well, okay, I if you're from, from Texas, and you listen to this, and I know this is being recorded. You're going to listen to this. No, I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't mind them. I don't mind them. But, you know, that's just not who I am. But, but, you see, you start talking about these kind of things, and everybody wakes up. Everybody gets a We get a at of because these things matter to us. But, you see, when Jesus wants to take you and I higher, and we have what matters to him has got to matter to me too. Does that make sense? What matters to him has got to matter to me too. And, you know, I know people pray. That team gets to the Super Bowl and all these different things. Going with, there are a lot more important things to pray about in this time than sports. Jesus is not about dividing us; it's about bringing us together.
1: That's one of the things I love about our church. You walk
0: in and everybody's here. We're all here from different places, different races, different everything. Actually, there's only no really one of us.
1: There really is. Genetically speaking, there's
0: only one race, But but there are different ethnicities. and So we're we're here from different ethnicities and different places. But Jesus' way is one way. Bringing everybody together and to reconcile us all by the cross. Jesus wants to take take us out of our ways and insert us into his ways. Does that make sense? Out of our way of thinking. Out of our way of reasoning. It is his way of thinking and his way of reasoning. In Titus chapter two, let's go there. Titus chapter two, and verse eleven. It says, "For the grace of God, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly actions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing." Of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. I've lived in, like I said, in many other countries. I've lived in France. I've lived in Spain, which is where I'm allowed to speak Spanish. I've lived in Chicago, Egypt. Uh, I have lived in the Ivory coast I have lived in Kenya I have lived in South Africa uh, I have lived in Haiti of course I have lived here uh, and it, it's been a privilege just to live in those countries and then you know it's been an amazing privilege to be able to visit so many more countries and so many different peoples it's wonderful but here in Titus 2 what it says about Jesus is that he gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and this we know but also, he gave himself to purify for himself a people. So what he wants to do is purify for himself a people that are his very own. Taken out of all those various places and those various countries. And he says, come, you be mine. Come, you be mine. You, come, you be mine. To purify for himself a people that are his very own. Eager
1: to do what is it says.
0: That's what it is to be a Christian. He wants to create a whole new kind of humanity. If you are a disciple of Jesus today, you are created in the image of God. But you have now been recreated in the image of Jesus. And in you, he has created a whole new kind of humanity. One that is united, one that is purified of all sin, and that is his very own. This is what he lived and died and rose again for. And this is why when Peter preached the first sermon, we all know that passage in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 41, this is, what, this is why, now I want you to think about this passage in the context of, of creating a new humanity, a whole new kind of people. In verse 37 it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart." and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the promise for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation, those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Mm-hmm. This, you see, when people talk about, well, see, you no, know, I create Jesus in my heart you know, in my heart, I do this, and I do that, and I do that. You've you got to understand. It. Mm-hmm. This whole thing about salvation, it is about you. But it's more about us. Yeah. This new humanity that Jesus has created, and he's got a way. Because Jesus is the way, and He has a way for it to be done. And that's why we repent of our sins and get baptized. It's part of the purification process. And I'm sorry, but just praying a prayer doesn't do it. You gotta participate just like He did in the death and burial and resurrection. We do what we did so we can be His. And we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as a result. He wants to take us higher. And this is how you start. This is how you start. This promise is for everyone. And God always keeps his promises. Amen? Jesus, brothers and sisters, number one, he wants to take you higher. He wants to take you higher. Number two, Ephesians 6, verse 18. Remember, we're talking about. How do we get rivers of living water to flow from us? Okay, so we've got to start right. have got to use, get ourselves be purified. Two, pray in the Spirit. What? Yes. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying
1: for all the Lord's people.
0: This prayer in the spirit business. What exactly is that? Because we all pray. But if you're a disciple of Jesus today, I think you you, you probably have had this kind of prayer before. You know what I'm talking about. I've had several. One one I will share with you was years ago, when I was in Egypt, I was sick. Uh, I had hepatitis A. And I was angry with God because of it. Because I felt like, look, I'm in Egypt. Lord, I gave up everything for you. I left the United States. I am in Egypt doing your will. And you do this to me? Right.
1: Keep I, was in, I,
0: I, I didn't read my Bible or pray for three weeks. I was mad. Now let me tell you. If you want to give God a cold cold shoulder, you go ahead and try that. <laughs> You can go ahead and try that if you want to. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. He can wait you out. <laughs> he can wake you out. So, but I was mad. I was like, no, no, no. This, this is wrong. This is not happening. This doesn't make sense. Why do I have hepatitis head? Nobody else in the Bishop's team has hepatitis head. Why did you? I, I was really upset. I really was. Three weeks. No reading. First. After two weeks, I realized, okay, first of all, this is stupid.
1: This is getting nowhere. If you've ever had
0: hepatitis, you turn yellow. Okay, so I was yellow. I had scratched my, my feet and my and my my legs bloody. Um, w- your liver doesn't work anymore, right? so it really, cannot process the impurities of your body, and so the body is to get rid of the impurities somehow, and so it comes up with this skin. Causing intense itching, etc., etc. Uh, you can't use oh, it. It's, it's bad.
1: <laughs> so,
0: after two weeks, I started reading my Bible again. And then one night, my knees, I got on Two
1: hours later,
0: I was dressed
1: sweat, And I. if you can pray in the
0: Spirit praying in the Spirit is not what the world says
1: it's it's, it's when you
0: finally that Spirit, that gift of the Holy Spirit that you've been given it back to them it finally recognizes its source and connects in that moment there is no more time there is no more space there is no more anything there's just you and God. That is praying in the Spirit. Now, here's the challenge. Because I get emotional because it was so, I, I, I guess I can make sense. But it doesn't happen on all occasions.
1: Paul says that we are to pray in the
0: Spirit on all occasions. Not just when you're repenting of your sins, or you have stubbornly given God a cold shoulder and after three weeks you, you finally surrender because you're such a knucklehead? You know what I'm talking about, and you know who I'm talking about. If you're in of the world, Well, I'm talking about me. Yes, I am. I don't know you, but I know you're a knucklehead. Because I was a knucklehead. And I needed to surrender to my God. On all occasions. So, let me ask you this. How many of you have taught that kind of prayer before, originally? So I knew you knew that was wrong. So now the challenge is, not just the past is to pray that way on all occasions. Now, look, I don't do it on all occasions. Uh, you know, if I could do it once a month, that'd be awesome. But imagine what, what you would be like if you prayed that way once a week. Imagine what you'd be like if, I, I know we all pray several times during the day, if, if you pray just once a day like that, who would you be? What would you be like? How would you carry yourself? Do you think you might be a little older than the angels on that You see where I'm going with this? You know the, the, the story of Peter walking on the water? Do you believe the story of Peter walking on the water? Yeah. <laughs> Because he walked on water. I haven't walked on water, and you probably haven't either. But what was going on there was Jesus was calling him higher in his relationship with him and in his faith. And for a brief time, there was that connection between Jesus and Peter. The other guys in the world had no idea what was going on. Sometimes when you have that connection with Jesus, the people around you, they don't know what's going on. That's okay. You just walk. You just walk. And at that moment, the divine. I'm not talking about Jesus' divine. I'm talking about yours. I'm talking about yours. The seed that God planted in each and every one of us when we became disciples, as the Holy Spirit is in you, it is in me, the divine is
1: inside
0: of me right now. And when Peter finally got
1: that, the human and the divine, the connected, he got out of the he walked on
0: water. It's amazing. Amazing. Now, what if we pray like that all the time? What if we connect Jesus to Jesus like that all the time? This is what i want to ask you to do, is try. Try and pray and connect with God through faith, setting your hearts and minds on things above, fixing your eyes on Jesus, and not on our problems, For the Amen. the winds and the waves will never cease. We've just got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And just try to pray in the Spirit every day. I pray that one day I can get to the point where I can pray in the Spirit on all occasions. If I don't, that's okay, I'll, I'll go to heaven anyway. But what a thing to do if we could. And we should. Amen? it's the kind of relationship and connection with God that Jesus wants you to have because you see, now that you understand that Jesus wants to take you higher and then, you, you, you know, the, one of the, the avenues to achieve that is through prayer through prayer in the spirit number three, and finally now it's time to let the water flow let that water flow from within. 2 Peter chapter 1 Second Peter chapter 1 are we together, how are we doing? we all right? Second Peter chapter one. In verse three, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate. In the divine nature, you see, there it is. This has been God's goal ever since. He's not interested in just people just just you know coming to church every Sunday and right. that's not what He wants. He wants you to participate in the divine nature because that's what you were created for. And so, so through these great and precious promises, we can participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil designs. For this reason. Make every effort to add to your faith, goodness. And the goodness is knowledge. And the knowledge self control. And self control, perseverance. And the perseverance, godliness. And the godliness, mutual affection. And the mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. In your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know who wrote this this, this passage?
1: Peter. Peter.
0: Exactly. How about that? He knows what what he's talking he about. Participating in the divine nature and adding to your faith and all that stuff. He knows. He walked on water. He knew about the divine power. He knew what it meant to be connected to God. And he knows what it means to take your faith higher. You understand what I And so finally, when you when you have that kind of relationship with God, or at some place, when you got to throw on like that with God, Galatians five. God who knows me knows that I'm going to preach somewhere. Else, this is going to show up in here somewhere. Galatians five, verse twenty-two to twenty-five. Because I am blown away that we get to have this. Galatians five, verse twenty-two. It says, "But the Holy Spirit produces." This is from the New Living Translation, by the way. But by the sorry, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passion and desire of their sinful nation to His cross and crucified them there.
1: Since we are living by the Spirit, let us
0: follow the Spirit leading in every
1: of our lives.
0: Amen. Jesus said that those who believe in him, the living water would flow from within them. This is what should flow for you, brothers and sisters. Love should flow from you. People need to know when you walk by, I know, I know we live in New York, okay? I know we're in the Bronx, but when you walk by, people have got to know that you're different. When you interact with people, people have got to know that you're different. Not because they know that you're different, but because you are different. The Spirit is supposed to produce in me
1: love, joy,
0: not a momentary happiness that has to do with a team when winning a Super Bowl or not. You understand what I'm saying? My joy cannot be contingent about other people or circumstances. It's got to be. From God, that's the spirit of God. Could you just dance?
1: How about peace?
0: Are you a peaceful person? I know. How about patience? I know. How about patience? I know. I'm no, I'm not in this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. How about this one? Gentleness. You ever wonder why that was there? Because we you know you, you can you can see all the others. But gentleness? The spirit also produces gentleness. Yes, it does. In you and I. Amen. That's who we need to be. And self-control. Because there's no law against these things. There's no law. And these things, I used to when I was a young man, I used to think, oh, these things. You know, they are. There are things that, that, that well, honestly, it's kind of fluffy. I, I, you know, love,
1: of, Gen- gentleness. Look, I
0: was a basketball player. I was a soccer player, man. There's yeah, no gentleness out there. You be gentle, you get dunked on. You can't have
1: that. You know, you
0: get a kind of thing. And so, the world around us, because of, because of, we have to live in this world, we feel like, okay, I agree with this, but I really can't do this. In Africa, we have to street preach a lot. A lot. And and one of the things, um, particularly in West Africa, in in Abishan, in the early days, some of my people would street preach In English, I would translate it into French. And um, and, and it's interesting, because one of the things he would say is, is he'd be up and say, okay, some sad Christians are weak. Then he says, which takes more strength? To lie or go through? To be immoral or to be pure? To be angry or to self-control? To be bitter or to forgive? To ignore people in need or to throw up your sleeves and help people in need? To put yourself first or to put others first? So what is the real strength here?
1: And so we say that,
0: and the just get bigger. Because this was different from what everybody else was preaching. And when I was preaching in my head, God's going to make you rich. If God's going to make you rich, how about so many poor people in my life? Come on now. That's not what the riches are. The riches are right here through God's Spirit. This is what needs to be flowing from us. These are the rivers of living water. The strength of love. The love is incredibly strong. True struggle. You're in a water stadium, it's amazing.
1: True peace.
0: It's easy to be peaceful on a Sunday morning when the birds are chirping outside. But when the storm, when the storm is high and you're still at peace, that is what the Spirit produces.
1: You understand? Patience, kindness.
0: You are telling me this city doesn't need more kindness? What's supposed to happen here is that we're supposed to be in here getting encouraged, and then we go on out there and shine. Flow all over the city. So if you're disciple today, I want to encourage you to let that living water flow out of you. Let I me mean, ask you this: who wants more love? More joy? More peace? Faithful, kindness, goodness? Faithfulness? And deep down, we know you wish you were more gentle. How about more self-control? Absolutely. That's what we want. We all want those things. That's exactly what God has given you. You already have it if you have the spirit of God living inside of you. It's already there. Now pray in that spirit. Pray in that spirit of joy and peace and joy. Watch your life change. Watch the way you interact with your spouse change. Watch the way you interact with your children change. Watch the way you interact with your parents change. Watch the way you interact with your schoolmates. Change. It's incredible. These are the rivers of living water that God wants to flow from all of us. If you are not a disciple yet today, if you, are, if you have not yet made Jesus Lord, as our sister did this morning, Jesus said it twice and it was awesome. She made Jesus Lord today. If you haven't yet done that, please, let Jesus take you higher. You were, even, even. Without the Spirit of God, you were created a little lower than the angels. Right. You were. I am. All of us. And Jesus wants to take you higher. Let Him take let him, let Him take you there. Study the Bible with somebody. Yeah. Ask for prayers.
1: Yeah. Ask for help. Choose
0: His way. It's higher than your way. If you are a disciple, then go ahead and leave here you today. Flow in your with your family. Let the water flow in your marriage, in your families, at work, with your roommates if you have them, with your Bible talks in your neighborhoods. Let life come from your mouth, from your smile, from your eyes. Let God flow from all of us through the Spirit, through the gift of His Spirit, as we pray in His Spirit, as we allow Jesus to take us higher and we let those living, living waters flow. Amen. Amen. God bless you, thank you,